What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. I know we've had a little bit of a lull in terms of news across the league, which is pretty typical for this time of year. Uh, So today we're actually going to switch it up a little bit, and I'm going to do my first annual player tiers, um, where I'm going to take the top 100 players, in my opinion, and tier them off based on where I think they are headed into this upcoming season. So starting off, I just want to give some parameters on the tiers. Um, I do have 12 different tiers. There are actually some sub-tiers as well, so there'll be like an A and a B. Uh, For those A and B, those are interchangeable, um, and really the order within each tier is interchangeable. So um, when I read the names off, there's no specific order to that. Um, It doesn't mean the player I say first is better than the player afterwards within a single tier, and that's the same for the sub-tiers. So um, not necessarily saying one tier, one, the A is better than the B, um, but they're just in different uh, stages of their career a lot of the times when I broke it off that way. So, um, yeah. Also, I just want to call out that tiers are fluid, so a player could jump or fall in a short amount of time. Obviously, that won't happen anytime soon um, because games aren't being played, but um, as soon as a few weeks into the season, I'd have no problem adjusting. There's not going to be any major adjustments until the sample size is a little larger because um, I do think that Um, sample size is very important to me there's a lot of guys on here who maybe had a good half season or season last year that probably might be a little lower than people would assume Um, and that's because I I do kind of want to see it again Um, we got a lot of examples of times where players have one great year one down year and then they flip the script the next Um, so I want to be wary of that and um, sample size obviously is important I also lastly want to call out that um, someone from a tier below another tier could technically still be better than that player above. Um, but there's reasons why I would have them lower for something such as um, just whether it be level of uncertainty, I want them to, to prove a little bit more to me, or um, there's a little bit of projection in here. Obviously, I've got some rookies on here, um, so we, we haven't seen them play. I don't know how good they're actually going to be, but doing the best I can to project where I think a player will be for this upcoming season. And as I said earlier, I'm capping this at 100 total players for brevity. Obviously, there's over 300 players in the league. It would take forever to go through all of them. Plus, no one would probably care when I read off the uh, bench warmer or fringe uh, (laughs) NBA player tier anyway. So cool. With that, I'll get right into it. So I'm going to go in reverse order, starting off with tier number 12. Uh, This tier is called Boring But Reliable. Um, so this tier has 15 players in it. It probably could have had more. Like I said, I wanted to uh, cap it at 100, so I wasn't just going on forever. But um, realistically, this tier could have up to 20, 25 players. Who knows? But um, I think it's defined as players that are very solid starters, but nothing more. Um, they could start in pretty much any team. They'd be overqualified for a bench role, but... Um, they're certainly not a team that you'd want to build around as a as a main piece, but more just a, a good solid role player and um, a guy you'd want to start. So just starting from the top, like I said, no particular order. Lonzo Ball, Clint Capella, Miles Turner, Robert Williams, Dylan Brooks, Harrison Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Bohan Bogdanovich, Wendell Carter Jr., Seth Curry, Terry Rozier, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Kuzma, Karis LeVert, and Christian Wood. So a lot of these guys, like I said, nothing special about them, but they're good players. They have some value across the league. Um, A lot of teams would probably want to have all these guys on their team. Um, A lot of them have uh, are really good at a particular skill, like Seth Curry is a great shooter. Um, Robert Williams is a great rim protector. Um, Clint Capella is a very good rim runner. Um, and then there's guys that are a little bit more well, well-rounded, um, guys like Lonzo Ball, who can play a little defense, shoot a little bit, create a little bit, but he's not really elite at, at anything. Um, very solid all around, but like I said, nothing too special about this tier, hence why it's called boring but reliable. You can rely on these guys. You know what you're going to get, um, and yeah. So next we have tier 11. This one is called Take a Hint, Dude. Um, I've got four players in this tier. Um, I would describe these players as 
guys that could be top scoring options on a bad team, uh, but certainly not on a good team. And to be honest, um, they've all got pretty big egos, it appears, just based on their playing style, um, to the point where it actually holds them back a little bit from fitting in on a winner. Um, so they're <laughs> they're in a tough spot because they're actually probably too good um, to like be, be on a bench roll, for example. But they're not good enough to like contribute to a, a winner. And a lot of that isn't because of talent; it's more because of IQ. Um, a lot of these guys have great skill sets. They're very talented, but lack the basketball IQ part of things. And we've actually seen some of them be additions by subtractions for other teams. So four players on this list, Julius Randle, Kristaps Porzingis, D'Angelo Russell, and of course, Russell Westbrook. Um, just going down the list here, I think Randle and Russell are pretty co- comparable players. I know they're different positions, but um, Randle's kind of the big version of Russell and vice versa a little bit. Both of them had one um, standout year where they actually did make an all-star team and brought their team to an unexpected playoff appearance. Russell back when he was on the Nets and Randall uh, two years ago on the Knicks. Um, but then both of them kind of reverted back to how they were before that, kind of empty stats guys, not super efficient, don't try much on defense. Um, of course, they can go get you 25, 30 points any night, but they're certainly not doing that consistently. Um and both of them make bad decisions. Um, they take bad shots, um, and they just kind of force it sometimes. Then they don't really come up in the biggest moments. We saw Russell um, <laughs> with some extremely questionable decisions last year in the playoffs, which caused the Timberwolves to actually blow multiple games that they really should have won, and um, Russell definitely did play a part in that. Uh, and then Julius Randle we saw two years ago against the Hawks. He just totally shrunk, became a shell of himself, um, to the point where he was almost unplayable at times. So I think those guys are very similar, clearly fit into this um, tier. Kristaps Porzingis, he's interesting because um, he's looked really good at times. Um, On the Knicks, he looked like he was a budding all-star. I think he did make one all-star team there, gets straight to the Mavs. Looks like it's going to be a great duo with him and Luka. Doesn't quite work out. Um, I think that they didn't get along super well, but also Porzingis kind of, didn't really fit in with that team. Um, it, he hasn't really fit in with any team yet. He's, like I said, I think he's got a little bit of an ego. He takes kind of bad shots. Um, he wants to post up like too much. That's just not something that works in today's NBA. Um, and then he's also chucks up a lot of threes. I mean, he's like 7'3", and he's <laughs> taking like 30 footers all the time. So um, I think if you really just... Um, adjusts his basketball IQ to have him take better shots, maybe work as more of a, a screen and roller. Um, we've seen him be a good shot blocker in the past too, but he's not really a, a very good defender. Um, he can be a liability on that end. So he's also had major injury problems. But regardless, he's one of those guys that has kind of come off as an addition by subtraction. Um, we saw the Mavericks um, trade him this past year for not too much, um, considering what they traded for him to only get back Spencer Dinwiddie and D- Davis Bertans was um, definitely a, a sell low. Um, but we saw them <laughs> play a lot better once he left. Uh, they really improved on defense, so it kind of shows that he was a bit of a liability on that end for them and then um, allowed them to do a little bit more Luca ball in his hands with shooters spread out on the wings and um, they did play Dwight Powell down low at some points. But regardless, they made the Western Conference Finals after not being able to win a single playoff series during his uh, Porzingis' stint there. So, again, he's one of those guys that um, the talent doesn't really line up with the impact that he has. And then lastly, <laughs> I don't really need to get into Russell Westbrook. I don't think so. Um, I probably could have named this tier the Russell Westbrook tier, um, <laughs> and people would have known exactly the type of player I was talking about. But again, Russ obviously has um, a great skill set. He's extremely talented. But as he's uh, fallen uh, past his prime a little bit, the um, ego has not <laughs> lined up with that. Similarly to um, when we saw Carmelo Anthony start to decline, um, still played like he thought he was that star player, but it just wasn't there anymore. And we've seen the Lakers look better without Westbrook at times. Um, they benched him in the fourth quarter multiple times this past season. We've seen reports that Darvin Han has been given permission to do that. So they're clearly already anticipating that uh, potentially being something that they need to do. And so, yeah, 
I don't, like I said, I think everybody who's listening to this <laughs> knows all about Westbrook at this point and the struggles that he's had. So that's the take a hint dude tier. Next, we have tier 10. Um, and I've broken this down into two sub tiers. Um, the first one being give it some time. Um, so there's five players in this tier. Um, and these are guys that I think everyone uh, who follows the league has liked what they've seen from them so far. But it's probably too early to judge them, so I, I think I want to see a little bit more. Um, they've shown flashes, um, and yeah, but they it's just too early. They're they're all in their first couple of years in the league, um, and th- this could be super variable. Some of them could stay around this range. Some of them could fall down. Some of them could skyrocket next season. I just want to see a little bit more from them before I totally vault them up. But the five players I have in this sub-tier are Tyrese Halliburton, Friends Wagner, Herb Jones, Josh Giddy, and Chet Holmgren. So Chet has showed some flashes in um, Summer League, but again, it, he showed some things that were a little concerning as well, so I don't want to put him too, too high. Um, but I will give him the respect of being a top two pick and um, consensus um, potential star by a lot of people um, coming into the draft. And then Halliburton showed a ton of flashes last year with the Pacers. People were obviously pretty baffled by the Kings' decision to move off him only uh, less than two years into his career. But I think he could butt into a really nice player this season. But I I do want to see a little bit more once he's got a bit of an expanded role. Um, And then Franz Wagner really impressed me last year as a a rookie. Um, Definitely a lot better than I anticipated he would be. Herb Jones obviously was a... Um, a big playoff contributor for the Pelicans and surprised a lot of people. And then Giddy showed a lot of flashes and was really impressive in Summer League as well. All of these guys are pretty well-rounded players. I want to see a little bit more for, um, just them develop their game overall. But most of them don't have any major flaws. But um, obviously Giddy's not a phenomenal shooter. Uh, but he's got a lot of other things going for him. Um, but yeah, that brings me to the other sub-tier we have which same vein of I want to see these guys um, play a little bit more before I vault them any higher. But the difference here is this tier is called we get it. You can score. So these seven players are all really good scorers, but they have not shown pretty much anything else thus far. Um, They're all young guys, instant offense. Um, They could end up developing into just really good sixth men. Um, along the Jordan Clarkson um, vein of player. But if they develop elsewhere, then I think they have a good chance to be really good. But pretty much all of them are huge defensive liabilities. Um, A lot of them are undersized for the position or they're kind of a tweener where you're not really sure what the true position is. Um, A lot of them don't really create a ton for others. Um, We've seen them score, but not always the most efficient efficiently. Um, And there's been a lot of inconsistencies in this group. So um, th- those players being Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, Anthony Simons, Tyler Harrow, Jalen Green, Michael Porter Jr., and Colin Sexton. So obviously, um, these players have had varying amounts of success. We've seen Tyler Harrow be a, a key contributor on a, on a playoff team, though that was as a six-man. As I mentioned, some of these players might be best suited for that. Um, we've seen Michael Porter Jr. Shown, show flashes of being really special, but we've also seen him get totally um, neutralized in the playoffs. I mean, he was a huge liability against the Suns a few years ago in their playoff series. He also is a, a really efficient scorer, but he doesn't do it at a rate high enough to kind of make up for his shortcomings. He actually has more turnovers than assists in his career, so he's a total black hole, as a lot of these guys can be. Colin Sexton is a guy um, as well who's got a really low assist number um, just considering that he's a point guard um, for his career. He's averaged only 3.3 assists and he was only 2.1 last year. I know it's a small sample size, but that's really low for a point guard. Um, but again, he's six one. So he, he really can't sustain being a two guard, especially on the defensive end. A lot of these guys are undersized. Um, Anthony Simons is certainly undersized, but I don't think he's a true point guard either. Um, Jordan Poole, um, had a really great role as a six man for the Warriors last year. And I think he can thrive in that role, but can he get an expanded role? I want to see, see it play out a little bit more. I think Tyrese Maxey is probably the one on here that people would most um, give pushback on as being too low. Um, but again, he's undersized. 
Um, I don't I don't know if he can hold up defensively as a two guard yet. I don't really see him as a true offensive um, point guard. Um, he's had the he has the benefit of playing with Harden, and it he kind of gets the best of both both worlds where. Harden's big enough where he can take the larger guard or normally the two guard on the other team on defense. But then he's also such a good distributor and playmaker that it allows Maxi to be more of a scorer. So I, I'm not totally convinced that um, if he wasn't playing with someone like Harden that he would be as comfortable um, on the defensive and offensive end. So, But again, all these guys, this group is one of those where any of these guys could very easily vault up higher um but for right now i kind of view them as glorified six men they're probably overqualified to be a six man however i haven't really seen any of them majorly contribute as a top guy on their team um they've all had roles um on their teams specifically a few of them have had roles on winning teams in playoff scenarios such as maxi pool and harrow but um, a lot of those were limited roles. Harrow, obviously, has been coming off the bench his whole career. He just won six man of the year. Poole was moved to the bench once Clay Thompson came back in the playoffs and was effective in that role. And then Maxi was a starter. But again, I just want to see a little bit more out of them. Next, we have tier nine. Um, this also is broken down into two sub tiers. Um, so one of them being, you know exactly what you're getting. <laughs> um, and this is... Not too different from tier 12 with the just solid starters, um, but just a level up from there. These are really good veteran starters. You know exactly who they are. Um, they're never really going to reach an all-star level. Um, they haven't to this point. They're all kind of at or past their prime, so I don't think any of them will. But they're really not that far off. Um, and some of these guys have made all-star games, so I don't want to say they can never be in all-star in any given season. But they're... When I say that, I don't think they consistently play at an all-star level, even if for one year or half year they might have played like one. So going down the list here, we've got Fred Van Vliet, CJ McCollum, Andrew Wiggins, Jeremy Grant, Tobias Harris, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Vucevic. So I know Vucevic has two play or sorry, two all-star appearances. For example, Wiggins made one this past year. Uh, Van Vliet made one this past year. But like, for example, I'm sure most people will consider CJ McCollum to have had a better career than Van Vliet, and he hasn't had an all-star appearance. So I think it was just more circumstantial based on uh, where the Raptors were in the standings and uh, the competition they were up against in the East making the all-star game this year. And I know a lot of people, myself included, think it was pretty absurd that Wiggins even made the all-star team, let alone that he was starting. I mean, he was totally undeserving. Uh, based on the season he had and played even worse in the second half. But his player performance obviously was very impressive as a role player. Um, so these guys are not guys you're going to build around, um, but really, really nice complementary pieces. Um, if they're your second best player, you're probably not very good. If they're your third or fourth best player, then you can have a, a pretty good team. Um, we've seen a lot of these guys be go-to options on subpar teams. Vucevic, when he was on the Magic, obviously they were... Um, seven or eight seed a few times, but overall, uh, they weren't very good. Um, we've seen Gordon Hayward be this the first option on both the Hornets and the Jazz. Again, they were they were decent teams, but nothing spectacular. Um, Jeremy Grant on the Pistons the past few years, um, they've been t they were terrible. <laughs> um, though he was uh, did look impressive scoring the ball. So a lot of these guys are either good players on like really bad teams. Uh, sorry, like one of your top players on really bad teams, or they can be really um, great above average role player contributors, high level starters that aren't quite all stars. Um, and then the other sub tier in tier nine is there's a good chance you know what you're getting. Um, the only difference here being that these players are younger and they might not be done growing. I think we feel pretty confidently that the nine players um, in the you know exactly what you're getting tier are probably not going to improve very much. All of them are in their late 20s or early 30s. And so, yeah, like the name of the tier, you know what you're getting. But with this other tier, there's a good chance you know what you're getting. All these guys project as high-level starters or tertiary options on a winner. Um, so they project to be – they're either already at the level of the other sub-tier or they project to kind of have their ceiling be at that level. Um, but I do think there's still opportunity for players in this tier to um, prove me wrong there. I think some of these players do have potential to maybe be all-stars down the line. 
Um, and by that, I mean more than like once or twice. Um, but for right now, I think it's pretty safe to say that these guys aren't going to be perennial all-stars, more just really high-level contributors and starters um, to good teams. Or they could be first or second options on some not very good teams. But the 10 players on this tier that I have are Miles Bridges, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Jaron Jackson Jr., Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, Jared Allen, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Desmond Bain. I think among this group, Barrett and Bain are the two that I think have the highest upside to potentially um, be higher on this tier list as time goes on. Um, I know Bain's only second year player, but he was really impressive last year. He's one of those where his playing style is a little bit more conducive to like a, a role player, but would I be totally shocked if he turned into like a Clay Thompson? Like, probably not. I don't think he'll ever be on that level defensively, but um, offensively, he's a well above 40% from three for his career on high volume. Um, and he showed a lot more playmaking ability last year than I thought that he would ever have, really. So um, I know he's on the older side for a second year player. I think he did a, um, at least three seasons in college. So. But we'll see. I think he could potentially rise above this group. I also think R.J. Barrett, he's been up and down. He, I feel like we go through the same cycle every year where um, everyone hypes him up as a potential breakout candidate, and then he starts off the year really not good. I know last year he was just <laughs> really bad at the beginning of the year. Um, but as he rounded out the year pretty well, and I feel like he did the same thing the year before, so... Um, it kind of builds up that hype again, and I'm sure a lot of people think he could break out again. This year, we've seen New York being reluctant to include him in any Donovan Mitchell trade. But um, yeah, all of these guys either have one, some uh, multiple things they're really good at. Mikhail Bridges, good shooter, great defender. Jaron Jackson Jr., good shooter, great um, rim protector. Um, Jared Allen, great rim protector, great finisher inside. Um, Bain, great shooter. So Barrett's shown his flashes on defense. We've seen Jalen Brunson be able to create offense in a playoff scenario. Um, but these guys are not people that you want as a second option on your team or really a third option. They're probably best suited as a fourth, um, though you could probably get away with one as a third or as a third option if you had two really solid players ahead of them. Um, but yeah, high level starters, um, both both these two sub tiers. You pretty much know what you're getting with these guys, but what you're getting is a, a very, very solid player. So next we've got tier eight. This is the stats aren't everything tier. Um, <laughs> these It's only three guys in this one. I, I really wasn't sure what to do with any of them. They're kind of in a weird spot in their career where they're past their prime, um, but they were really good players in the prime, perennial all-stars, um, made a few all-NBAs, um, at least some of them I have. I, I'm not sure if one of them did, but... Um, we've got Kyle Lowry, Al Horford, and Klay Thompson. I know Lowry was a little banged up in the playoffs last year, but we saw Horford and Thompson play very key roles um, on the two finals teams throughout all of the playoffs. Um, we've seen Lowry have a, a great impact on winning, as with Horford and Thompson. They kind of just go beyond the stats. Um, particularly Horford and Lowry are guys that aren't going to average below 15 points a game, but um, they can still score when they need to. They're good shooters. They're good versatile defenders, great leaders. Um, same with Thompson. I I'm, I could be convinced to put him higher, um, but he didn't play particularly well in the regular season last year, and he was really inconsistent in the playoffs. So I would really like to see him in a full season next year before I want to move him up just because I'm not convinced that he isn't a little – uh, decline just because of his injuries and his age but overall I think he's invaluable to that Warriors team as uh, are Horford and Lowry to their respective teams so um, yeah kind of a little weird subgroup where they're a little better than your average um, high level role player but not quite stars at this point in their career so next we've got tier seven um, this has two sub tiers um, the general gist here is that um these players are not quite all stars, but they need they need a little bit of a leap to, to get there. So, the first one being the tier called "Still Waiting on the Next Leap." And with these guys, I'm not sure if they ever will get that next leap, but it's certainly not out of out of the um, possibility because they are all young. They've all shown a lot of flashes, but 
I don't think anyone would argue them as regular um, all-star level players. I know one of them has made an all-star team, but it only won, and it was for a not very good team. So going down the list here, we have De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and DeAndre Ayton. So referencing the player who made the all-star team, that was DeJounte Murray last year. However, that was an injury replacement, and we really haven't seen him do it on a a winning team. Um, I think the Spurs did make the playoffs a few years ago when he was there, but but that was he was still uh, not the star that he is now, if you even want to call him that. I mean, um, he last year obviously had phenomenal numbers, but the Spurs weren't very good. And back when they were making um, uh, the playoffs, he was a sub 10. He was single-digit scorer, basically. Last time he was on a playoff team, um, he was eight points a game. Then he um, had a season-ending injury the next year. Then he even came back and was still only 11 points a game. And then two years ago, averaged 16, 5, and 7. Very respectable. And then last year, 21, 9, and 8. So he had a great season uh, statistically, but we, we've either seen him be on a winner and not have the stats or have the stats but not be on a winner. So I want to see a little bit more from him. I, I'm, we'll get that opportunity this year on the Hawks. Um, we'll see if his numbers go down or if the Hawks are any better with him and then maybe he could take a leap, leap up. But for right now, I personally don't have him as a regular all-star level player um, along with the other guys in this group. De'Aaron Fox has had some good stats as well, but never made the playoffs, never been on a good team. Um, so that's just going to hold him back. I mean, I don't think anyone at any point has really argued that he'd be an all-star any season. So um yeah, until they start winning some more, he improves in some areas like shooting and efficiency, then um, I think he's not going to uh, move up from this group at all. Jamal Murray is an interesting one because I know a lot of people um, hold him in high regard, but I think that his his value got a little overblown just because of how well he played in the bubble. If you look at his career stats, they're actually not super uh, like impressive. They don't jump out at you. He's only averaged above 20 points per game one time, and it was the um, season in which he got injured. So he only played 48 games, but um, five years and only one time scoring 20, which I'm not saying you have to score 20 to be uh, in a tier higher than this, but he doesn't really do other things particularly well. Um, He plays point guard, but he's never averaged five assists before. His career average is 3.8. So he's not really a distributor um, considering the position he plays. His scoring averages are fine, but not anything special. He also is a little overrated as a shooter. Um, He's only shot... um, He's a career 37% shooter um, from three. And two years ago, he shot 34.6. He's had a 33.4 season. Um, So I feel like people think of him as this knockdown shooter. He certainly is capable. He shot 41% the last time he played, but... Um, he's been inconsistent there, um, and he's not really a very good defender either. So um, his greatest attribute is scoring, but he doesn't do that quite well enough to warrant him being any higher, in my opinion. Um, even though he did have a, a great run in the bubble, we haven't really seen him replicate that on a consistent basis. Um, for SGA, um, obviously we know the Thunder kind of a, uh, a mess right now. He hasn't even been able to finish out the last few seasons. Um but yeah, he's still young. I again, I don't, I don't think anyone is gonna pick him for an All Star game anytime soon unless he has some crazy statistical season. Just because the Thunder is so bad, but um, last year it was twenty four and a half a game. The year before twenty three point seven. So um, he's been pretty efficient too. Career forty seven percent from the field. Not the best shooter. Only uh, below thirty five percent for his career from three. Only thirty percent last season. So he's got some areas that he needs to improve, but. He's got potential to be get to that all-star level, but um, I know he's still only 24, but again, don't think he's quite there yet. And then DeAndre Ayton, um, he's, he's a really solid player. I think if he were um, to have ended up on the Pacers, for example, this season, I could see a world in which he averages 23 and 12 or something like that. I mean, he has averaged like 19 and 12 on the, on the Suns before um, when he had a little bit more of an expanded role, but he's clearly not... Um, at the level of like a uh, consistent all-star right now, there's a, uh, definitely a level of consistency that he needs to work on. He's made good strides. Um, I think he could get there. He's only 23, which people forget. So 
or actually, sorry, I think he just turned 24. Um, but regardless, he's still very young. Um, and I think he could get to that level. I think all these guys could get to that level, but I think it's pretty clear right now that they're not at that level quite yet. And then the next sub uh, tier within tier seven is what I call future all-stars. So um, while the, the group I just mentioned are guys that could potentially get there, but I'm not sure they will, the next group are people that are a little further away from that right now, but I think they will get there. Um, so these are very good young players that I could see being in All-Stars early next season. And that'd be Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Paolo Bancaro, Scotty Barnes, and Anthony Edwards. Um, so all these guys are either, obviously Paolo is going to be a rookie, Cade, Mobley, and Barnes just wrapped up their rookie year, and then Edwards um, is coming off his second year. So all these guys have looked really impressive thus far. Um, I know Paolo hasn't played a game, but we've seen him look really good in summer league, and um, as many of you know, I'm extremely high on him in general. Would I be absolutely shocked if he made an all-star team in his first two seasons or so? No. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these guys make it. Um, I think people are getting a little too um, jumping the gun on Anthony Edwards a bit. He's looked really good, but people are already kind of penciling him in as the um, with the tier of guys that have like made All Star games and All NBAs at this point. But he obviously um, has shown flashes, but we haven't seen that consistency, and he still hasn't um, made any of those accolades yet. I mean, Lamella Ball is the same class as him, and we saw him make an All Star team last season, for example. But yeah, I think all these guys. I, I don't need to go too much in detail on. Um, we all know that they're they're super young and super good. Um, and like I said, I think that any of these fives can take a huge leap heading into next year. Um, and I really don't anticipate any of them staying in this tier seven for very long um, as we go into this next season. So next we have tier six. Um, so this is kind of a cutoff area for me. Tier six and above are players that I have as all-star level players. Um, and like I've said, someone below tier six could make an all-star team, but do I think that they are consistent all-star level players? No. Um, I think six and above, so one through six, are all tiers where at any given season, if this player just plays to their normal ability, they'd be in the running for all, an all-star game just depending on how their team was performing and if they weren't having like a down year or weren't injured or something. So um, tier six... I call this the elite at what they do tier. So these are all defensive-minded guys. They're all kind of glorified role players, but they're such good role players that they have actually come, become all-star level, if not all-NBA level. So only three in this group, but I've got Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, and Drew Holiday. Obviously, Holiday is the most accomplished among the three as an offensive player, um, but all three of them are elite defensively. Um, Rudy Gobert, I mean, is probably going to go down as one of the best defenders of all time, which is crazy to think about. But he's got three all-star appearances, four all-NBAs, three defensive player of the years. Um, but obviously offensive, offense matters, and he's extremely limited on that end. He pretty much can only make close layups and dunks. Um, and then same with Draymond. He's very limited on offense at this point in his career. Um, still a great defensive player, made seven um, all-defensive teams, four all-star appearances and two-time All-NBA. Um, but the difference with him is he is a great distributor and creator for others. He averaged seven assists last year and nine the year before. Um, career five assists, but since he's really taken his peak, he's been at about seven or more um, pretty much every single season, as well as the lead defensively. So, And then, like I said, with Drew Holiday, um, he's got the least amount of accolades among this group, though he has is a four-time All-Defense player. Um, but he's probably easily the best on offense i mean he's um close to a 20 point per game guy um was has been around set six seven assists um for basically his whole career which is also really impressive so he's a he's a good shooter great defender yeah he's 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 very solid this is the group that um is a little limited on offense even holiday can be quite inconsistent we saw that even on their their finals run um but they're so good at what they do that they um, have to be recognized at this level. So next we've got tier five it's called impressive, but imperfect. So these are guys that are borderline all-stars. Um, they've all made all-star games. Um, a few of them have made it multiple times, um, but they do still have some proving to do in my opinion. 
Um, and I think all of them have pretty noticeable and obvious flaws. Um, so they could vault up, but until they kind of work on those flaws, I think they're pretty comfortably in this range. But um, those players I have in this one, there's four of them. Uh, LaMelo Ball, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, and Damanis Sabonis. I know some people are probably going to think Jalen Brown's a little too low. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I've i been called a Brown hater. I, I do like Brown. I just think he's got some clear flaws. And in, until he improves upon those, I don't see him vaulting up much higher. Um, he's obviously a really good scorer, but he's not an elite scorer. Um, he's not someone that's going to give you 25 per game every night. Um, the last few seasons, we've seen him average 23.6, 24.7, so not too far behind. But if he was to get up to the 26, 27 range, I certainly could feel comfortable moving him up. But he's obviously not much of a distributor. Um, he's sloppy with the ball, turns it over a lot. Um, he's pretty solid on D, but um, certainly hasn't been in like discussions for any like all defensive teams or anything like that. Um, and he's relatively efficient overall, 47%. That's actually very solid. Um, and 37% from three. So um, I do like him, but again, I think he's just got some obvious things to work on, as do the rest of the people in this tier. So Lamella Ball, um, he's really bad on defense, obviously. Um, but I think he gets overlooked, actually. Um, people don't talk about him with this kind of upper tier of young talent, but he averaged 20 points, eight assists, seven rebounds last year. Um, he shot 39% from three. He was 43% from the field, which isn't phenomenal but it's not bad i mean coming out of um coming into into the draft i think people thought he'd be super inefficient um but he made an all-star team last year deservingly so i'd say as well i mean the hornets won 43 games and they hayward missed about half the year and they didn't really even have a legitimate starting center um so i don't know i think he made that team overperform a bit they made the play in back-to-back years in large part because of him i mean they were bottomed out pretty much before that so I'm pretty high on LaMelo. Again, I think he's got some things he needs to work on for sure, particularly on defense. Um, and maybe just a little bit of efficiency he could get better with. But um, I love his game. He's still super young, and I like what he brings to any team. Um, the other two players here, first being Ben Simmons. Obviously, we know um, the deal with him. He's had a rough last year, year and a half. But I, I almost think he's getting to the point where he's underrated a bit. Um like, if you had asked me two years ago who's better, Simmons or Jalen Brown, probably would have said Simmons, and I would have felt pretty comfortable with it. But I think consensus now would be that Brown's better. But I kind of think they're in the same tier still. Um, assuming Simmons can come back and play and be his normal self. But we forget. I mean, he has had a great career so far. Um, he's only 26, and he's a three-time three time All-Star. He made All-NBA Two-time All-Defensive, the Steel Champ, Rookie of the Year, runner-up and Defensive Player of the Year. Like, he's got three All-Star games. Jalen Brown has one, and they were um, basically the same draft. Well, Simmons was a draft before, um, but he... Or no, they were the same draft. Sorry, never mind. Um, Yeah, they're the same draft. He's only played four seasons, made an All-Star in three of them, and Brown's only got one. So um, we forget how good he is. He's elite on defense. Um, career averages of 16, 8, and, um, eight, which is insane. Almost two steals a game. So obviously he's got a major shortcoming shooting-wise um, and <laughs> maybe just mentality-wise. Um, but yeah, that's the point of this group is these are all flawed players that have a ton of talent and are all-star caliber. Last one being uh, Demonis Sabonis. I think he gets a little underrated as well. I like to think of him as kind of a... Um, Poor man's uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, he's a really good passer for his size. I mean, if you look at his past few seasons of assists, five a game, seven a game, five a game, including six with the once he got traded to the Kings. So he's going to get you right about 20 points a game, five to six assists, and 12 rebounds. He's averaged at least 12 each of the last three seasons. So, um, yeah, he's pretty much a walking 19, 12, and six, which is really good. Um, he's efficient as well. Um, he could probably work on his shooting a little bit. He started shooting the three a little bit more um, in recent years, but not super efficiently. He's right above, right slightly above thirty percent in the thirty to thirty-two range. Um, he obviously needs to work on that, and, he, and he's not phenomenal on defense. But he's a very unique player, very good back to the basket guy. 
Um, great finisher. Um, he's got good hands, good touch, and like I said, he's a very good playmaker for his size. So um, I do like him. He's also a two-time All-Star. Um, so this is kind of the range of guys that have made a few All-Star um, teams. They don't really get talked to a lot about as like up-and-coming stars, but they are still young, um, and I think any team would love to have any of these guys. Cool. So now we've got Tier 4. Um, the first one being proven robins at best um by robin i'm obviously referencing batman and robin so kind of a um, a sidekick of, of sorts but these are proven all-star level players pretty much perennial all-star guys um, we know what they are but they're honestly probably better suited as a second option or even a, a really good third option if we're talking title contenders but for this tier we've got five players this is a sub tier as well by the way Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Chris Middleton, and Pascal Siakam. So, yep, these are all guys that have made multiple all-star teams. Um, if they're on your team as your best player, you probably are in contention for the play-in, but nothing more. Um, I don't think you're going to win a playoffs, any playoffs uh, series with these guys as your best player. Um, but you'll, you have a good chance at making the playoffs. Not guaranteed, but probably in the play-in territory. We've seen... The Wizards with BLB in that discussion the past few years. Levine and DeRozan were the sixth seed last year, so they um, just missed out on the play-in. Same with Siakam. He was five seed. They just missed out. Um, and then Middleton we haven't seen as a as a top option, but he's been a really good number two for the Bucks over the past few years. Um, but yeah, I don't see any of these guys really elevating to a next level. They're not really all NBA players, even though some of them have made. I know Beal's got at least one, and um, I think Siakam has made a couple – but those were kind of like third team fringe, um, barely made it scenarios. They certainly weren't shoe ins by any, any means. Um, and DeRozan had been all NBA and sometimes as well. But again, um, those were most of them were earlier in his career. He didn't make one last year. I was thought of kind of a renaissance. But he's obviously getting into his mid thirties and probably on the decline relatively soon. Not necessarily getting better is the point. Um, the other sub tier for this one is trying to avoid Robin status. So these are younger guys that are probably going <laughs> to being at, end up in the same tier as the guys I just mentioned. Um, but they are still young and I do think they still have some chance and some time to ascend, um, to like a true all NBA type player. But right now they're still really good players. They're all stars in my opinion. Um, and I'm, and I'm still high on all of them. So the five players being, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Darius Garland, and Brandon Ingram. So with these guys, um, we've seen all of them, um, except for Garland, make the playoffs. Um, we saw, and all of them were the best player on their playoff team, except for um, Bam, at least offensively. Um, but Bam's been a, a huge contributor to the Heat, obviously, over the last few years. We've basically seen him as the number two on the Heat, and they made the finals and the conference finals. So we've seen him be able to be that Robin, but do I ever think he could be a number one? I don't think so, although he is really good on defense. Um, so that certainly helps him, but offensively, I don't think he'll ever get there. For Donovan Mitchell, we've seen him be the clear-cut number one option on a team before, and he's really showed out in the playoffs multiple times, but... Uh, we've seen the limitation that the Jazz have had. Um, in the playoffs, they have come up short multiple times, haven't been able to get over the hump, couldn't even beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard um, a few years ago. So hence why they traded Gobert and are likely going to trade Mitchell. They're blowing it up because they realize they, they probably weren't good enough to actually get to that next level. So I like Mitchell a lot. I think he is uh, could be a number one on a very solid playoff team. Um as all these guys can, um, but I don't. I think if you want to contend for a championship, I'm not sure he's that guy to be the um, first guy on the team, but more suited for a, a number two role. Um, very similarly to Towns, um, we've seen him be the two um, when he had Jimmy Butler on the team and they made the playoffs. And then last year, he was technically the one, I guess, but there's a lot of people that think uh, Edwards will kind of surpass him as the number one on the team. And last year, they obviously were... Um, only seven seed and uh, didn't win a playoff series or anything like that. So I think people have questioned Towns' mentality, and I think that's fair. So I think he's probably better suited as a number two, though he can be a number one, and you can still be, have a pretty decent team. Um, but overall, like I said, I think that he's uh, probably best as a second option. 
Darius Garland, uh, he's really early in his career, so this might be a little high for him, but I'm really high on him. I think the Cavs obviously would have made the playoffs last year had um, they not had all the injuries they had towards the end of the season. Um, but he played really well down the stretch, and um, I think he could totally be the number two on a really good team. Um, again, if he's your number one, you're probably about as good as the Cavs were last year where you're kind of in that five to seven play playoff seed range. Um, but ultimately, I think he's probably going to settle down as a really good number two. Would I be shocked if he got to like a Dame Lillard status? Maybe not entirely, but I think he's probably a little bit uh, below that. And then lastly, Brandon Ingram. We saw him look really good on the Pelicans in the playoffs last year, push the Suns, um, give them a run for their money. Um, and he's one of those guys that totally just translated to the playoffs with his shot-making ability. Um, again, I think he would really benefit of um, having a guy better than the, him on the team with him more as the number two. So hopefully we'll get to see that this year with Zion, and maybe it'll elevate his game some more. But, um, yeah. Like I said, this is the trying to avoid Robin status. I think a lot of these guys are destined for that number two role, though I do think that they could still make a late push to get into the number one. So with that, we've got three tiers left. Um, there's 20 players left as well. We've gone through 80 already. Um, I think these are the pretty clear-cut top 20 players in the league, in my opinion. Um, so tier three... Um, there's two sub tiers. Again, the sub tiers are all interchangeable. They're more; these ones are more broken down by stage of their career. So, um, the first one being can't do it alone. So this is; these are all household names. They're true stars. They've all reached their peak, or some of them even slightly past their peak, and they can probably still be number one options on a team. However, they definitely do need some help. Um, these are the guys that are perennial all-star guys when they're healthy, assuming that they have the uh, talent around them enough to win. And then, obviously, with that being said, they're pretty much playoff locks when healthy. Um, when I go through these names, I can't really think of any time that these guys missed the playoffs um, when they were healthy um, or when their team was healthy. So Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul. A lot of these guys on the older side, like I said, they've all made the playoffs pretty much every year of their career, um, except for when they weren't healthy or someone on the team wasn't healthy. Obviously, we saw Lillard miss last year, but the, he was out most of the season. Kyrie has um, uh, missed early in his career, but not since he's um, been more uh, of a veteran player. Uh, we saw Davis miss last year, but him and LeBron were both out for a while, so... And this is the level of player where they can be a really good number one, um, but it's going to be really, really hard to get over the hump with these guys. They aren't really going to be a number one on a championship team. Uh, a few of these guys have won rings and made the finals, um, but every time they won a ring, um, they were the clear-cut number two. Um, the only guys that have won championships in this tier are Anthony Davis and Kyrie. And it was very obvious that Le LeBron was the best player on both those teams. We've seen guys make the finals um, in this tier, but that's because they had someone on a sil similar caliber to them. Um, obviously, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, um, James Harden had Westbrook and Durant, but he wasn't even in his prime at that point. Um, and then Butler did make it as probably the clear-cut best player, but he did have Bam and Abayo, who I only have as one tier below him, um, that was on the team as well. Then we've seen Dame Lillard never able to make the finals. James Harden, since he's been his prime, never been able to make the finals. Chris Paul, until just two years ago, was never able to make the finals. We've seen Kyrie, without LeBron, never make the finals. Paul George never made the finals. Davis, without LeBron, never made the finals. So these are the kind of guys that, like, they're really, really good all-NBA players. They can be number one options, and you will you can have a, a very solid team, even a team with, like, home court advantage, for example. But you're just realistically not a contender if they're your best player, um, unless you've got some absurdly deep and balanced team. Um, or <laughs> if they're your number two, then you could have a really good team, which a lot of when these guys have been number twos, that's when they've seen their biggest successes. So, um, And then the other sub-tier for uh, – Tier three is we got next. Um, these guys are pretty interchangeable talent-wise from the guys I just named, but they're 
younger. I would describe these as the next generation of young stars that probably haven't reached their peak yet, um, but they're pretty much already true franchise guys and perennial all-stars, perennial all-NBA. Um, they're going to become household names if they aren't already. So um, That being Jason Tatum, John Morant, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Zion Williamson. I know it's a little high for Zion. I'm sure some people might think. Um, and I want to see how he does this year. Um, but all I'll say is that I think people forget how absurdly good this guy was last time we saw him play. I mean, he two years ago, he averaged 27 points per game on 61% from the field. Like, this dude was putting up historic numbers. That was at age 20, his second season. He's only played 85 games, which is about one season, but... His career averages are 26 and 7, three assists on 60% from the field, and even 33% from three. So he has been so much better than people are remembering. Um, I mean, he was in the talks for all NBA in his second season. He did make the All Star team his second season. This dude is damn good. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how he bounces back this year. Um, obviously, if he comes back with. Um, and continues to, to get injured over and over again, then um, I'll move him down. But just based on what I've seen when he's played, I think he belongs in this tier. And all these guys are same sentiment as the, the can't-do-it-alone tier. These guys right now probably can't do it alone. Um, they either need to improve and get better, and um, they would probably move up a tier at that point, or they need help. They need another guy who's um, at least as good as them. Um, we saw Tatum come up short because he didn't have somebody as good. And um, Brown was a, a solid player. He was in my, um, uh, I think, tier six, was it? Yeah, tier six. Um, we saw Booker make the finals, but he had Chris Paul, who's also in tier three with him. Um, and then the rest of the guys haven't uh, accomplished too much in the playoff sign, hasn't even played a playoff game. Morant uh, did win a playoff series last year, but then lost second round when he was hurt. And then Trey Young did make the conference finals, but. I'm not going to lie, I kind of feel like that was a little fluky. The Sixers kind of choked it away. Um, so I, I don't know how much I want to say that the Hawks ascended. It was more of like a collapse from the Sixers, in my opinion. But regardless, these five guys, I think, are all going to be household names for years to come. Um, they're all 20, 24 or younger. Um, or sorry, 25 or younger. Booker's 25. Um, but yeah, they're here to stay. They're going to continue to make all NBA teams, all-star teams. We'll see if they can ascend to being the best player um, on a finals or championship team. Um, but as of right now, I don't think they're quite there. Um, but they they could get there. Next, we have tier two. This is the smallest tier. Um, only two players. Um, <laughs> these are perennial. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't say the name. Um, this one's called Playing in the Wrong Era. <laughs> you can probably guess which two it is. It's Embiid and uh, Jokic just because they're two centers. Um, they're perennial MVP candidates. They're pretty much a guaranteed 45 to 50 wins, um, regardless of who else is on the team. And they're true franchise guys. They're a lock for all NBA, um, lock for playoffs, probably even a lock for top four seed. Um, unless your team's totally depleted like the Nuggets last year. We saw them only get the, the six seed with Jokic. But yeah, these guys, I just have, we haven't seen. A center be a best player on a on a championship team since probably if you want to call Tim Duncan a center since him um, obviously he's been retired for a while now so I don't know these guys are as talent wise as good as anyone in the league but they just don't I haven't seen anything to think that they could take you to the finals Embiid has never even made the conference finals which is pretty crazy to think about he's had some pretty talented teams and Jokic did make the conference finals, but it was in the bubble. And similarly to the Hawks thing, I kind of think that was more of just a Clippers collapse more so than um, the Nuggets. I think I think there can be series where like a team makes it further than they should, but it's not really on that team. It's more on the other team, like the, the Mavericks making the conference finals this year. That was because the Suns played the single worst NBA playoff game in history, probably. <laughs> Not because the the Mavs took some leap or next step, in my opinion. So similar thing with them. I think the Clippers just totally fell apart. They obviously didn't really want to be in the bubble. Um, but regardless, neither of these guys have really gotten even close to the finals because um, the Nuggets got beaten pretty handily in the next round anyway. Um, do I think they could get there? I think they I think they probably could. Um but I just want to see it before I move them up. I think they're comfortably tier two. Um, they're clearly better than the the guys in tier three. 
um, just because I do think it's possible they could be the best player on a championship team, whereas the two three guys, um, I don't think they could be unless the younger players um, show a significant leap. I don't think Embiid or Jokic need to show any significant leap, but I just think that um, the cards would need to fall their way a little bit, and they just haven't yet. Okay, so now we're at tier one. This is sub-tiers as well. I just want to preface before I go through either of these sub-tiers that um, we've got six players between these two sub-tiers. Um, and I firmly believe that in order to win a championship, you need to have one of these six players on your team. Um, and history would back me up on that. So the last time a team won a title without one of these six players on their team was 2011. So it's been 11 years. Um, and that was with Dirk, who obviously is retired now. He probably would have been up towards this, uh, close to this group back then. Um, and then before that, it was Kobe. So guys that are <laughs> well out of the league by now. So there's no active players that have been the best player on a championship team except for um, these guys. And one of them actually has not won a championship yet, but I think he's still at that level. So um, five of these six guys have won all the championships since 2011. Um, and so, yeah, I think you need one of these guys. So um, the first one called Agent Health Permitting. Um so these players are most of them are probably past their prime, um, but permitting age and health. So when they're healthy, they still could be the best player in the world, and they can win a championship for you. So um, those four players being Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry. Obviously, Durant has had um, major durability issues the past few years, ninety games in three years. LeBron also has had his two most banged up seasons um, of his career come up or really three of the four most banged up seasons have come since he's been on the Lakers. Um, but both those guys, when they're healthy, we've still seen them be crazy good. I mean, LeBron won the finals in 2020 pretty easily and handily. I mean, they, they won in five, um, every single round, I think. And also, I mean, his numbers in the finals were absurd. He was like 30 point, nearly triple doubles, like, yeah, like almost 60% or something. I mean, he was just, as good as he's been. Um, Durant against the Bucks last year just looked like a superhuman. Just how is anyone better basketball than him? And then even Kawhi. People forget how good he's been. I mean, he won the championship in 2019. And then he was having a phenomenal playoff run uh, two years ago before he got hurt. Um, just pretty much single-handedly beating the Mavericks and then looking really good against the Jazz as well. Um, so there's certainly an argument to be made that the Clippers could have made the finals if not even won the championship if he had stayed healthy that year um and then steph curry obviously we just saw um this season him win finals mvp and be the clear-cut best player on a championship team so all these guys are in their early to mid to even <laughs> even late 30s now lebron's gonna be 38 now it's literally crazy um but i i do truly believe that all of them could be the best player in the world at, on, on any given night um and they can do it with a level of consistency when they're healthy, um, assuming that uh, they don't start to decline heading into this year. And then the last two players um, in tier one in their own sub-tier, I call this one called roster is irrelevant. Um, because these guys are so good that it really doesn't matter who's on their team. <laughs> um, they're at the peak of their powers. They're probably the best players in the world. Um, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. Um, these guys, just they transcend the roster. I mean, we look at LeBron, had a terrible roster last year, couldn't make the playoffs. Um, Durant, we've seen the Nets really struggle um, the past few years, even though they've had him on the team. Curry, we saw the Warriors uh, miss the playoffs two years ago. Um, so the guys in the age and health permitting tier clearly need a little bit of a good situation for them to succeed um at least on some level whereas i think the roster is a relevant tier i i mean i luca if you look at the, these tiers that i put together the highest teammate luca's had is brunson in tier nine um whereas like when lebron plays well he's had guys in tier three curry's had guys in uh tier five um Durant's had guys in tier three, uh, and then Kawhi um, has a guy in tier three as well. So 
we've seen all these guys have to have some level of support. Um, Giannis obviously has had a tier five guy and a tier three, sorry, tier four. So we can't discount that. We haven't seen him really do the one man show thing, but uh, without Middleton in the playoffs last year, he kind of did a little bit. He looked really good. Um, so I don't know. I think Giannis is the best player in the world. I'll just say that outright. So I, I have to put him in that level. And then Luca has just really carried subpar rosters his whole career. Um, and just the stats he can put up are absurd. Um, so like I said, Luca is the one player who hasn't actually won a championship, but I think could. I think I have no doubt that like if he had the right group around him, um, and I don't even mean like it has to be a perfect group. If he just had a, another tier three or four player on his team, I think they would be extremely dangerous. He just hasn't had that yet. I mean, the best players he's had on his team are Porzingis, Brunson, and then Christian Wood going into next year. I don't know. Those are the top three guys. That's a top. Tw- that's a tier twelve, tier eleven, and tier nine. So n- nothing special. I mean, if he even had another All Star level player, I think that he could easily win it. But yeah. With that being said, those are my. Um, that's tier one. Those are the guys I think you can legit win a championship with right now. Um, and going into next season, I'm probably going to pick um, one of the teams with those guys on it <laughs> to win it. Um, so, yeah. So just to do a quick recap, um, going through all the tiers again. Tier 12 is boring but reliable, and that's Lonzo Ball, Clint Capella, Miles Turner, Robert Williams, Dylan Brooks, Harrison Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Boan Bogdanovich, Wendell Carter Jr., Seth Curry, Terry Rozier, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Kuzma, Karis Levert, Christian Wood. Tier 11 is Take a Hint, Dude, and that's Julius Randle, Christoph Porzingis, D'Angelo Russell, Russell Westbrook. Tier 10 has two sub-tiers. One is Give It Some Time, that being Tyrese Halliburton, Franz Wagner, Herb Jones, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, and we get it, you can score. Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, Anthony Simons, Tyler Harrow, Jalen Green, Michael Porter Jr., and Colin Sexton. Tier 9 has two sub-tiers as well, those being you know exactly what you're getting, which is Fred Van Vliet, CJ McCollum, Andrew Wiggins, Jeremy Grant, Tobias Harris, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Vucevic. And then the other one being good chance you know what you're getting, Um, those being Miles Bridges, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Jaron Jackson Jr., Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, Jared Allen, Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Desmond Bain. Then tier eight is stats aren't everything, that being Kyle Lowry, Al Horford, Clay Thompson. Then tier seven has two sub-tiers. One is still waiting on the next leap. De'Aaron Fox, DeJounte Murray, Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and DeAndre Ayton. And then the other one being future all-stars. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Paolo Bancaro, Scotty Barnes, Anthony Edwards. Then tier six is Alita What We Do, that's Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday. Tier five, impressive but imperfect, that is Lamella Ball, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Demontis Bonus. Then tier four, uh, we have two sub-tiers, one being proven, proven Robin at best, That's Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam. And then trying to avoid Robin's status is Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Darius Garland, Brandon Ingram. Then tier three, we have two sub-tiers. One is Can't Do It Alone. That's Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul. Then the next one being... um, other sub-tiers, we got next, which is Jason Tatum, John Morant, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Zion Williamson. Tier 2 is playing in the wrong era, that being Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Then Tier 1 has two sub-tiers, age and health permitting, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry. And then roster is irrelevant, that is Giannis Antetokounmpo and Luka Doncic. Thank you so much for listening today. That's going to do it for us. Um, would love to hear people's feedback on any of my tiers. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to start this off as an annual thing. Next year, I'll um, hopefully do this as well in the offseason. I'm sure there'll be a lot of changes. I might even do a midseason one at some point just based on how players are playing. But uh, 
yeah, not a lot of news coming out. Like I said, um, if anything new drops between the Durant or Mitchell rumors, I'll be sure to record something ASAP. Um, but until then, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.